Swamiji, sometimes it seems that religion in this world is as much a curse as it is a blessing. <laughs> I know Swami Vivekananda used to say it's no doubt a blessing to be born into a religion, but it's a misfortune to die in one. We have to grow beyond religion. Religion is uh, certain rules that you have to follow, and you need rules, but you need to grow beyond them. You need to see that God is in everything. Swamiji, if we want to follow someone who we think might be able to help us to know truth, how do we decide who is a true teacher and who isn't? Well, it's not that easy. Um, a true teacher, first of all, doesn't want to teach. He wants to share. A true teacher will never speak of himself as a teacher. He wants to be an instrument of God. I know that my guru said, uh, he, he said just of himself, just the bulge of the ocean. Um, God is the reality. God is the guru. I'm not the guru. Uh, anybody who wants to be looked upon as a guru is not a true guru. Somebody who is wise is thinking in terms of your growth, not of his importance. These are signs. Somebody who is completely not even humble, but without ego, that he himself, he, he, when I looked into Yogananda's eyes, I would not see any sense of selfhood there. It was like looking into infinity. This was a, a large part of his consciousness. Another part of it was that there was complete kindness there. He was only thinking of you. I've often told the story of, I unfortunately didn't experience this personally, but a brother disciple of mine, Debbie Mukherjee, was with him when he was in a car in Los Angeles, and he he suddenly said, stop the car here. And he got out of the car and walked back several stores to a variety store. It was very cheap looking. And he bought a few things there. Debbie thought, what on earth is he going to do with all that junk? And he brought it to the counter and the woman added it up. She seemed rather excited. <clears throat> when she told, he, she told him the amount and he paid it, she burst into tears. And she said, I very badly needed just this sum of money. And he, she said, God himself sent you here to give this to me. It was closing time. I was afraid I would not get it today. But that kindness to a complete stranger, that was what he was. He had kindness toward everybody. One time, I, I know there was a story he himself told about this. He was going into a hotel lobby, and a man came to him who was completely drunk. And in his drunken state, he must have recognized something. They say in vino veritas, <laughs> in wine there's truth. And uh, he saw Yogananda, he braced him like this. He said, hello, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and Yogananda said, hello there. And he said, uh, and then he wanted to give him a taste of what he was drinking, and he gave him a taste of bliss. And the man said, hey, what are you drinking? He said, I, and all I can say is there's a lot of kick in it. And he left him sober and sort of wondering what was. But this kind of kindness that he had for everybody. I, I remember one time, it was another man who was sort of drunk. He was an Indian, and he was being very familiar with Master, putting his arm around him and like this. and. 
Devi made some sort of deprecating remark to Master in Bengali. And Master in Bengali said, don't. He, he respected him as a child of God. He didn't see a drunkard there. He saw everybody in his perfection. One time I remember, <clears throat> because I have a beard, and nobody in those days had beards, um, people used to think I looked like Jesus Christ. And they was the, there was a uh, um, masons. They were having an installation of officers, and they wanted me to play the part of Jesus Christ on Gethsemane. I didn't have to say anything. I just sort of heaved a great sign <laughs> over this rock. And anyway, afterwards people uh, said that I looked like Jesus Christ. And Master told me that. And I said, well, I'd rather be like him than look like him. And Master quite, con quite naturally said, that will come. But he saw us all in our divine potential. And another thing there, it was a great mess that evening. Half the officers got up and walked out, and everybody got very upset with everybody. And Master said, how did the evening go? I said, well, it wasn't. He said, a lot of disaster, wasn't it? I said, yes, Master. He said, don't talk about it. Why would he care? But he didn't like us to talk about negative things. Just let them go. We know this world is a mixture of sand and sugar. Let's be like the wise ant and take the sugar and leave the sand. <clears throat> so he knew that that's what the evening had been like, but he didn't want to talk about it. And in this way, he always tried to see the positive side, see the positive side of people. He would see their goodness and their faults he would try to work on, but always from the standpoint of they can do it because they're children of God. And I'm potentially a Christ, even though I'm not a Christ. My job in life, and your job, and everyone's job, is to become like Christ. Swamiji, <clears throat> it seems that fundamentalism is on the rise. Whether it is or it isn't, I don't know, but it I seems know. that I hope way. it's not, because people shouldn't be that stupid. <laughs> anyway. But what is fundamentalism? Fundamentalism is taking the letter and not, not taking the spirit of the Bible. Jesus said so-and-so, and that's all he meant. But he's, you have to understand the spirit of it behind it. He said, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. We have, our job is to become perfect. But the fundamentalists say, only Jesus Christ, and you are sinners. That's not, that's not, that's anti-Christian. It's a dark teaching. And... Master told us we all, the greatest sin is to call yourself a sinner. We must see our divine potential. But the fundamentalists, using the Bible, tell everybody else how sinful they are. Swamiji, that be ye therefore perfect is a pretty challenging statement, and I don't see very many churches offering a path to that perfection. No. In fact, even in more recent translations, they say, be ye good as God is good. That's not enough. He's just saying, be ye perfect, even as God is perfect. And they, really, Christianity is not Christianity today. It is churchianity. They've tied you into a church. You have to go to church to find God. You have to be 
to go to church to be saved. You have to have a minister between you and God. Really speaking, Christianity is between you and your maker inside. Your maker isn't your maker. He's your dreamer, you might say. He dreamed you into existence. <laughs> How would you suggest that people go about becoming perfect if they don't have the church to rely on? Only God can make you perfect. You can do your bit and you must do your bit. This is another thing the fundamentalists say, that lest any man should boast, we can't say that we're, but we are. We're children of God and we're part of God. And uh, it, it's, it's a sin to say that we're away from him. We must understand that he dreamed us into existence and we are dreaming wrongly. We have to learn to dream rightly. So if we can open our minds to him, give our love to him, he, he, Jesus' main commandment was thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength. And strength means energy. Offer all the energy of your body up to him. And then he said the second commandment is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, don't have it just be just between you and God. You have to see that God is in everybody. So kindness. But this is the essence of Christianity. That and blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. How do you become pure in heart? By giving up all desires except for him. We have to give up attachments. We have to give up desires. We have to say, I want only God. Then he can make us pure. He, we don't make ourselves pure. We offer ourselves to him. He can cleanse us. Do you believe that Jesus took on the sins of the world? Well, let's look at it this way. Jesus died on the cross, okay? Did the world become better? If anything, it became worse. It was an age of gradually deepening materialism. And we see all those Christians being punished and gladiators killing each other in the circus in Rome and people gloating over it. Even the days of Jesus, they weren't gloating over that. To that extent, it was about 500 AD that mankind began to rise. But in answer to that question, the answer is quite simple. The humanity did not become better. It became worse. And if it's better now, it's not because of the death of Jesus on the cross. It's because of uh, changes in the cosmos, which is bringing a new age of greater awareness, awareness of energy. But Jesus did take on the sins of his own disciples, and they became better. So a master can take on the sins of the whole world. It's not... That's unrealistic. That's asking him to do something that you should try to do something about yourself. It's palming off onto him a job that you've got yourself. You've got to make yourself better. It's your blessings that are lacking. One time, Yogananda was saying to uh, the same Debbie I mentioned in an earlier talk, to be more serious, not joke around so much. And Debbie said, well, I'd like to change, Master, but how can I do so without your your blessings. Master said, well, my blessings are there already. God's blessings are there. It's your blessings that are lacking. <laughs> We've got to make the effort. 
And this is the whole thing about religion. We have to turn in the right way. So how do we do it? We have to offer every single thought up to God. Everything that you do, offer to Him. This is why in India they say even before you teach, if before you eat, offer a little libation of water onto the ground. Whatever blessing you receive, share with others. Have Bring a stranger to the table. Give him food that you are allowed to eat. Share with others. Share it in the name of God. And the more you live in the thought of doing things not only for God but with God, the more you will see that his blessing is there. He comes in, like as Jesus put it, a thief in the night. You're standing at the front door and he's coming in the back door. But as you live in the right way, his bliss begins to fill you from behind. And you find that everything you do then becomes a manifestation of his love.